Oh, man, David Gordon Green, man. This guy is really, really making a name for himself in the horror genre for sure, man. Um, and he's also, he's also like creating a new fan base for himself with horror, and he's kind of doing a good job at it, man. I mean, we well, we've seen he did a decent job with Halloween 2018. He's doing Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. He's he's well enough to have you know signed on for his own trilogy in the Halloween series, which is a big deal. But this motherfucker is really about to jump into something that you know I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he realizes what he's just gotten himself into, man. Now, for anyone who hasn't heard the news, are y'all ready for this? David Gordon Green, and I'm going to bring up the actual article itself in a second, but David Gordon Green has uh, signed on to direct a pilot episode for the Hellraiser series, which is coming to HBO. Now, this shit caught me completely off guard because the last news I heard was David Bruckner was directing the what a, a reboot of Hellraiser, I think it was. I'm not sure. But here's the kicker, man. Not only is David Gordon Green going to direct the pilot for Hellraiser series, but Michael Doherty, of all people, um, is writing the script for this shit. Now, I'm going to break down you know, uh, what David Gore Green has done, what Michael Doherty has directed and written, stuff like that in a second, but let me real quick pull up this article, which was, it's a day or two old, so, um, it was actually on Bloody Disgusting, I posted it when I saw it, so it reads as so, ahem, in addition to the David Bruckner directed film that was announced earlier this month, Deadline now reports tonight, now mind you, this was like two two days ago, Max, uh, reports tonight that Hellraiser is also getting a TV series courtesy of HBO. David Gordon Green, Halloween, Halloween Kills, is directing the pilot and several more initial episodes, and Michael Doherty, Trick or Treat, Krampus, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is on board to write alongside Mike Bearhyden, who did, you know, Battlestar Galactica and Heroes. Now, I'm going to read the other half of, uh, well, another portion of this article, then I'm going to jump into, um, something else here it says deadline details the idea is to create an elevated continuation and expansion of the well-established hellraiser mythology it is by no means a remake but rather assumes the past mythology to be a given the centerpiece remains pinhead the pincushion headed merciless leader of the cenobites the formerly humans turned demons that live in an extra dimensional dimensional realm and are activated through a puzzle box called the lament configuration the cenobites come from hell to harvest human souls and keep balance between good and evil they don't sound too bad considering the people that are uh in office right now you know doing all this political shit and doing all this crazy shit that's messing up the world right now so uh shout out to the cenobites for actually kind of having a heart and having some type of you know some type of consistency as far as what you're doing but let's talk about before i jump into how i feel about this news and the hellraiser just series in general and before i break down like the history of where we are at this point with the series and where we've been let me just give everybody a rundown of you know for anyone who doesn't know david gordon green this guy comes from a comedic background you know he's he he started off doing short films um if i'm not mistaken his first feature film was pineapple express i've never you know a lot of people might be shocked at this but i've never actually watched pineapple express all the way through 
I'm pretty sure it's pretty funny. The cast looks uh, the cast looks dope, but I've, I never got a chance to catch it from the beginning. It's always in the middle or at the end of the movie. Um, he directed a movie called Your Highness, which is a comedy. Also, he directed The Sitter with Jonah Hill. I actually thought that movie was pretty fucking funny. I, uh, I understand that it sat on the shelf for a while. So by the time it came out, Jonah Hill had already slimmed down a lot. So I, I don't know what it was behind that, but I thought it was pretty funny. Now, being as though he came from this comedic background, uh, I was very concerned when he was announced for Halloween 2018 because I'm like, you know, him and Danny McBride are buddies, so I don't know what they're going to do with this movie. But, you know, while I do have uh, some gripes and some complaints with that movie, for the most part, it is a solid, grounded Halloween film. Story-wise and uh, writing-wise, it is one of the most grounded Halloween films we've gotten probably since H2O, and I have gripes with that movie as well. But I'm just talking like from a, from a standpoint of... um you know, uh, consistent storytelling and just having everything just grounded character wise, plot wise, all of that type shit it is there. They did a really good job with it. And of course, David Gordon Green has Halloween kills coming out and Halloween ends, which Danny McBride is right. And, that, and that's major for him, man. That is so major uh, for him to just come from this background and for them to have so much faith in him to just carry on two more films and wrap up his own trilogy. That That is major, man. And he will definitely go down in um in Halloween franchise history, because he is probably the only one after Rob or next to Rob Zombie who's come back for multiple films. Um, you know, John Carpenter didn't direct Halloween too, but he wrote it, so whatever. Now, Michael Doherty, on the other hand, this guy, this is a guy I admire. I, I admire as a writer. Um, I said admire. That's some word that I just used. I just patented. Nobody steal it. Admire. It's when you admire a writer. But no, I admire him as a writer, and I feel like this guy is just now starting to get the credit he deserves because Michael Doherty has written um, a lot of shit, man. Some shit I actually just found out he wrote today, uh, one in particular, but he's written X-Men 2, X-Men United. Um, not my favorite in the series, but I saw it in the theater and loved it. It's, it's a great entry. He wrote Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which is definitely the weakest in the trilogy i did not like that movie at all but i just think it's funny that somebody like him is behind a movie like that it actually makes me want to go back and watch it um he uh, wrote superman returns which that is a great movie it's just very fucking long it's very light on superman action uh basically it didn't really give me what i wanted that you know that man still gave me but it is not a bad film like how people make it out to be um, Michael Doherty wrote and directed Trick or Treat, which is one of my favorite anthologies ever, man. It's crazy underrated. It's a dope-ass horror comedy anthology. He wrote Krampus, X-Men Apocalypse, um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and he is writing Godzilla versus Kong. Now, I I want to say he's directing that movie also. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But he did, like I said, direct Trick or Treat, and he did direct Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Now, before I get into how I feel about this news here, let's just talk about it because we, we got to do it. We got to do it. Let's talk about the Hellraiser series and where we've been, where we've gone, <laughs> where where we've ended up, man, because this shit, this is a this is quite the property for somebody like somebody who made Halloween took Halloween back to simplicity and thrived on that. This is quite the property for David Gordon Green to jump the fuck into, man. I'm going to be completely honest in my opinion about this. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying he's got his work cut out for him. And it's not that I don't believe in the guy. But when you take on it, like if I'm a director 
or even a writer, hell, like I, which I am, but I'm not a director. But if I was, I, Hellraiser is one of those horror properties where it's like I would much rather take on something like Candyman as far as like supernatural and super violent shit goes. Like Hellraiser is just another realm of violence, of character, of just everything executed on screen. I've never seen anything like Hellraiser and I've seen a lot of horror movies that are gory that take me places that I was not prepared to go that I didn't want to go that I wish I'd never gone in the first place the Hellraiser is, is no series in the world that's like Hellraiser man for better or worse but you know let's talk about um how we started off and the evolution of the series really really briefly though like I won't get into characters and plot and all of that type of shit um, I won't get in depth into all of that. I'll just break it down really briefly for y'all. Hellraiser, I mean, of course, for the people that don't know, uh, for the initiated, we already know what's up. But Hellraiser came out in 1987. It was directed by Clive Barker. And I I think it was originally titled um, Sadomasochists from Beyond the Grave or some type, some crazy shit like that. And, uh, you know, that title, you know, you, you're getting what you get in the title, basically. But, um, is is based on the novella the hellbound heart if i'm not mistaken but the first hellraiser from 87 you know uh andrew robinson ashley lawrence claire higgins cool but that is a movie that i have to really be in a mood to watch to this day like even with the violence you know torture porn shit that we get in horror today whether it be mainstream or otherwise hellraiser is one of those movies man i was not ready for and, um, you know, you get introduced to Pinhead and the Cenobites led by uh, Pinhead, of course, who played, you know, played by Doug Bradley. Let me say Doug Bradley, who carried these movies for several sequels on, you know, this guy, this is a guy who I, I compare a lot to Tony Todd's Candyman because Pinhead is a character who doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. You know, he is cons like technically he's considered a slasher, but his chains do the work for him, but more so his dialogue does the work for him. Pinhead is a character, and I compare him to Candyman because he's a character who is so dialogue-driven, you might die of shock just based on the shit that he's telling you he's going to do to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you, when you deliver a line that says, you know, your suffering will be legendary even in hell, like, I don't know if anybody can take like take that term lightly i can't because that's some shit where it's just like listen just kill me now stop talking to me and kill me it's kind of like how i feel when i play halo or call of duty or some shit when people just talk to me whether it's online or whether i'm sitting next to a person stop fucking talking to me and just do what you got to do you know what i'm saying like pinhead is the one of those like psychological type of people he he's he's like a shakespearean you know trained actor Doug Bradley is so elegant in in just uh, you know the way he <laughs> delivers torturous dialogue. I don't know how else to you know how else to explain it, but um, Hellraiser two came out a year later in eighty eight. It was directed by Tony Randall. You know, Pinhead, Cenobites came back. Uh, basically, the main players came back except Andrew Robinson. You know, the guy that plays Frank, uh, Claire Higgins came back. You got a couple new characters, a new Cenobite. Hellraiser two. Uh, I gotta say this: while the first Hellraiser movie is really disturbing for me hellraiser 2 hands down is one of the most disturbing movies i've ever seen in my life to this day it's a movie that every time i want to watch it every time i want to just do commentary for it like i don't think there's enough liquor in the well yeah there is enough liquor in the world to prepare me for it but i never have enough at the time um hellraiser is a movie where you know they they explore 
the lament configuration. They explore hell. They explore the the, the labyrinth. Um, you see Julia jump out of a mattress and shit. Like you see uh, Doctor Chenard, who turns into one of the scariest Cenobites in the series. You see him, uh, you know, go down into this into this this basement part of the hospital, and there are just different types of patients in these rooms. Hellraiser two, man. I, Tony Randall, I, I, Randall. I don't know what the fuck was going on on that set or who wrote that script. But no, man, that movie is just that movie is just too wild. Now, Hellraiser three, Hell on Earth, um, nineteen ninety two is when this came out. Anthony Hickox directed it. It was not as good as the as, as nowhere near as good as Hellraiser two, but it's still entertaining. I always like the fact that you had the cheesiest Cenobites in the series. You know, the the DJ became the CD head Cenobite. The bartender became uh the the one that you know threw Molotov cocktails, <laughs> cocktails literally. Like, where's the punchline in that? But he literally threw Molotov cocktails and breathed fire. You had the girl who was uh, the cigarette smoker who was in Warlock. She was in Warlock 2, actually, the chick that played Terry in Hellraiser 3. But, you know, she smoked. She was a chain smoker. She had cigarettes in her neck and shit. Like, it was such a cheesy movie, but I actually like it for, you know, being just that. But Hellraiser 3 is when Dimension Films came in and you get the same shit that they bought the Halloween, that they bought the Children of the Corn. Anytime you get Dimension Films behind your property, you're going to get all types of moans and groans incorporated inside of jump scare music, sound effects and shit like that. It's a nice touch, but... It wasn't better than part two. Now, Hellraiser Bloodline came out in 96. This is when shit kind of started to go left. As if, you know, as if that didn't already happen in this crazy ass bonkers series. What I didn't know, I found out this morning that Hellraiser Bloodline was directed by Kevin Yeager and Joe Chappelle. Um, Kevin Yeager actually mentioned yesterday when I did commentary for Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Y'all can check that out if y'all want to. But um, I had no idea that special effects guy was one half, you know, one half of who directed this movie. Joe Chappelle, which I also did commentary for one of his movies, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. He directed that movie. I had no idea these guys teamed up to direct Hellraiser Bloodline. Um, I'm not going to say it's forgettable, but it, you know, once you take pinhead into space, I know there's a lot of shit that you can play around with, but, um, space is always, it, it's, it's hit or miss, man. And shit tends to get a little silly, no matter what you can play around with. And no matter how much you can advance the story and, you know, work in special effects and stuff like that. I remember the practical effects being really dope. I remember pinhead having pinhead having a, um, you know, like a, a dog, Pinhead basically had a fucking dog in that movie. And Kim Myers was in that movie. So that's definitely a plus. For, uh, she played Lisa in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. But um, uh, Bloodline was, sadly, it would be the last movie that had a theatrical release. And then in 2000, we would move on to Hellraiser Inferno, which was directed by Scott Derrickson. I never knew he directed that movie until this morning. Scott Derrickson did Sinister, Sinister 2. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he also directed Doctor Strange. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong, but Scott Derrickson is a good director, but I did not like Hellraiser Inferno at all. It reminded me of just a really sleazy detective movie, um, you know, like a Law and Order or CSI type of thing. It, Pinhead's barely in a movie, and I get it because he's barely in the first one. He's barely in a lot of these movies, but, you know, if they would have took the the lament configuration out of it took the Cenobites out of it and Pinhead. You could have had maybe a solid movie with just Craig Schaefer in it playing the, you know, the, the crooked cop who snorts coke and fucks hookers all night. You could have had something there, but, uh, you know, you added Pinhead in there. That's what I was expecting was a Hellraiser movie. It was just so it was completely left field from, you know, from what I was expecting, even out of a B movie. But um, 
you know, Hellraiser Hellseeker came out in 02. And by this point, by Inferno, I had already gave, I had already given up. I said, I don't give a fuck about any more of these Hellraiser movies, whether Doug Bradley's in them or not. I, I really was not interested in, you know, furthering this franchise, man. I, I really wasn't. But when Hellseeker came out in 02, directed by Rick Boda, uh, I remember hearing Ashley Lawrence was coming back and she had only made, she was in the first two movies. She had made a cameo in this, uh, stock footage, this video footage of her being interviewed in part three. Um, but I heard she was coming back and I'm like, wait, six movies, the sixth movie in the series, she's coming back. So I remember watching this movie and if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Henry Cavill is in this movie. Y'all got to check the IMDB credits on that one, but I really think Henry Cavill was in Hellraiser Hellseeker, but when I saw it was taking a really long time for Ashley Lawrence to, first of all, she dies. She dies in like, I think the beginning of the movie, it's like a car accident or something. I the movie's so forgettable. I don't know, but I remember not even watching the whole thing. I just turned it off because I'm like, wait, she dies. Is she in hell? And she's trying to strike a deal with Pinhead to get out of hell. I don't know. Are they friends now? Do they play spades together and host cookouts in hell's kitchen? I don't fucking know what's going on in this movie. So I have never made it all the way through. Like I said, I was done after Inferno. So it doesn't really bother me that I didn't finish Hellseeker. Now, in 2005, we had two Hellraiser movies back to back in 2005. Rick Boda, you know, he came back, he came in for a trilogy himself because he did Hellseeker in 05. He came in to do Hellraiser Debtor. Um, I've never seen it. I know Carrie Warher is in it, and I think she was in Anaconda and Eight Legged Freaks and stuff like that. But um, I am not interested to check that movie out at all. I don't even remember what the plot is. I think it's like a cult or something that worships. Pit. I don't fucking know. But Hellraiser, Hell World, all the last movie that would in the series that would be directed by Rick Boda. Um, I think Lance Henriksen's in it, and. I don't think Lance Henriksen is enough to save a movie that's like you're like the eighth movie in the series in a series that's straight to straight to DVD now. And it's just completely going off the rails like Lance Henriksen couldn't even save something. I mean, he did all right in Mimic 3, but these straight to DVD movies he does it's good to see him on screen. I love Lance Henriksen. Man. He's one of my favorite actors, but I'm just not you know, he's not enough to make me want to watch that movie entirely now. Doug Bradley had been pinhead in all of those movies, man, and I still have no interest in watching them, like I just said. But um, in 2011, we got Hellraiser Revelations, which is kind of like a soft reboot, kind of like a found footage type of movie, but we had a brand new pinhead. I was actually... Um, I was actually curious about this because I'm like, wait, Doug Bradley's been this character forever. It's like replacing Freddy Krueger, which they did eventually. It's like replacing Candyman, which they're going to do in the new movie. But I was curious as to what this was going to be. And it's a found footage. I have a soft spot in my horror heart for uh, found footage movies. I, I happen to like uh, more than a few of them. So this guy steps in, Stephen Smith Collins, to play Pinhead. Um, when I say... This is the worst looking pinhead I've ever seen in my life. I've probably seen children cosplay or Halloween costumes that look so much better than this. The guy's voice is not convincing his pinhead. His acting's not convincing his pinhead. His his look, he just looks stupid. Like if if chains and shit came out, like I would play with that box on purpose just to roast this pinhead. Like I I really legit would. I would be like, yo, this is this is what you came out of here with looking like. Like I I would really really roast this dude if he came out of the floorboards or came out of the labyrinth and all that type stuff to come after me hellraiser revelations is, is a stinker of a movie man it, it is so fucking bad and 
what a shame to, you know, replace Doug Bradley and think y'all are doing something with the found footage angle and just to come out with a piece of shit like that. I was so fucking appalled by that movie, man. Victor Garcia was the guy who directed it. I'm so sorry that you had to even be a part of that and have that on your resume, dog. That's got to stick with you forever unless you pay some people off some good money to wipe that shit clean from the Internet. But, you know, if it exists on the Internet, who knows where it's going? Who knows the hands it'll end up in? Now, however, we got some recasting again in 2018 with Hellraiser Judgment, which would be the last movie in the series. Thank God. Um, Gary J. Tunnicliffe, uh, who is, a, I think, I'm pretty sure he's a special effects guy in the game. Uh, and he, he, he's done special effects, I think, for a lot of Dimension Films movies. But uh, we got Hellraiser Judgment. I was very curious when I saw the trailer for this because I'm like, this guy's no Doug Bradley, but he's damn sure convincing. Uh, Paul Taylor is the guy who stepped in, uh, stepped up to the plate to play Pinhead in the last movie. And the sad thing is, as great as he looks in the trailer, as great as his performance looks as Pinhead, I literally turned this movie off after like 20, 30, maybe 40 minutes max because I'm just like... This is, I, I can't keep jumping into these movies, man, and being disappointed so early on. And I know some people will be like, well, you didn't give it a chance, so you don't know what it really is and the outcome. And I'm just like, nah, man, I get certain vibes off certain movies. I know when to gracefully bow out and tell myself that this is not worth any of my time. Now, like I said, that would be the last movie in the series until we got news of David Bruckner doing the reboot. Um, <sighs> Let me say this, man. How do I feel about David Gordon Green and Michael Doherty teaming up for Hellraiser. Um, like I said very early on, man, I, I I feel like Michael Doherty maybe is probably more qualified because he's had a wider genre of things to play around with. You've had X-Men, whether people like the movie or not. You've had Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which is kind of a supernatural slasher. You've had Superman. You've had Trick or Treat, the anthology movie. You've had Krampus, which is one of the greatest underrated Christmas movies. It's a Christmas horror movie at that. And on top of that, you got Godzilla. So you got a good grasp of monsters, ghouls, and ghosts, and just dark demonic entities and shit like that for the most part so i feel like if anybody's more qualified it would be him but i'm not going to sleep on david gordon green man because the guy for him to come from a comedic background he understands horror now again i had my gripes with halloween 2018 but for the most part he understands horror he knows how to inject horror into something um while I wasn't a fan of a lot of the humor that was injected into Halloween 2018, that that's fine. It, it, it wasn't it didn't overshadow the fact that this guy gets it. David Gordon Green knows what he's doing as far as making a horror movie, and he does it well. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm very curious to see this Halloween Kills trailer and see how he caps off the trilogy with Halloween ends. But, um, you know, did he step off into the deep end of this pool of, you know, of, of fucking nasty Cenobite blood sure he did but I don't feel like I, well I feel like David Gordon Green given that there is a lot of pressure on this guy as a horror guy now I kind of feel like he wouldn't have jumped in this if he wasn't confident in himself you know um and I feel like he wouldn't have jumped in this if he didn't feel as though he was confident with Michael Doherty and the other guy I'm sorry I forgot his name the other guy who's uh helping pen the script so with that being said, I am very, very, very curious to see what they do here. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Uh, we've had so many Hellraiser movies where all this shit is jam-packed into a movie. Um, you, you try to throw in character development. <laughs> 
that is an understatement because honestly, Hellraiser after the third movie, I didn't give a fuck about any of these characters at all, at all. If it ain't Kirsty, if it ain't uh, Tiffany, if it ain't Joey, you know what I'm saying? Any of these chicks that survived in the first three movies, I don't give a shit about them. I actually cared about, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I cared about the guy who played the descendant of the creator of the box, the one that was in the, the present day, who was Kim Meyer's husband, and he had the son who was the little boy in that movie Go from 1999. I, I cared about those characters, but that, you know, that, that was just the beginning of the movie. And then we went right into the future and what those characters were all about. But, um, you know, and where we have everything that's so jam packed with characters and with Cenobites and you keep exploring hell and the labyrinth and the history of the box and more of what the box can do and what it can't do. You know, you play around with all these things and you have only but an hour and some change, maybe two hours max to cram it into this one feature film. I kind of want to say that a TV show is more suitable for Hellraiser nowadays because you have... You know, a pilot episode is basically show me what you got. Let us know what we in for. You got to blow the doors off of it and wow everybody and make everybody just basically have a fucking orgasm from watching a pilot episode on screen. Now, I feel like if the pilot's great, cool. They're going to definitely give them the green light to continue on with this series. And I feel like what better way to explore the box to re-explore Pinhead, to rediscover the labyrinth and hell and the depths of it, to introduce new characters. I don't know uh, if they're going to bring back any reoccurring characters because I'm pretty sure it's got a lot of people that survived. Uh, clearly, this cannot take place after Hellraiser Bloodline because it's going to take place in like the year 17,000 or something like that. But I do feel like there is a lot more story you can tell with the series as far as Hellraiser is concerned because you can pace yourself you don't have to rush anything you don't have to jam pack 18 Cenobites into a movie that are, people are going to forget once the movie's over anyway or even if they don't forget the Cenobites you know that you people get attached to these Cenobites like the Chatterer is one of is a, is a, a fan favorite from the Cenobites if anybody doesn't know he's that guy that just chatters his teeth he, he doesn't have any fucking eyes he's actually a kid you know when he gets killed in Hellraiser 2 you find out that he is a kid Cenobite but, you know, you can have more time to you can actually introduce characters. And as the series goes on, you can have these characters, you know, use the box or for whatever reason, Pinhead takes them to hell and they become Cenobites. You know, you, these are things you can play around with while you're telling this this uh, whatever this story is that they're going to tell, because they said it's not going to be a reboot. I, I want to take their word for it, but I take it with a grain of salt because people mask the word reboot these days they say it's not a reboot it's a reimagining it's a recalibration it's a re it's a reinvention whatever the fuck they want to put that prefix on there you know it, it's a reboot it's a reboot let's be real but i you know i can't take their word for it until i see a trailer or until i see like you know um maybe some set photos or hear a plot synopsis for what the pilot episode is about i don't know but I'm not completely going to shut this idea down and say that this this cannot work, because like I said, it, it would be way more suitable for a TV show as opposed to another feature film, because obviously, you know, look at the pattern here, man. Like um, I would say after Hellraiser 2, a lot of people started straying away from the series and not because they didn't want to see Hellraiser 3, but because Hellraiser 3 didn't give them what they wanted. Like I said, I love it. Um, it it's not nowhere near as good as part two but i like it for what it is and i like the cheesy aspects of the movie but uh and it had a little bit of continuity from part two because pinhead when you find him he is still stuck in that pillar that we saw him at and saw him in at the end of part two 
But um, I we got to look at the pattern, man. Uh, the the last theatrical release was Hellraiser Bloodline, the fourth movie in the series. So we get shitty uh sequel after shitty sequel after shitty sequel that's all going straight to dvd straight to dvd straight to dvd i think people really they, they kind of took the hellraiser judgment because um what's that guy's name paul taylor i think his name is because he was a decent pinhead way way better than that piece of shit pinhead we got but um i feel like when you see a certain pattern of things you know the obvious move would have been to which they are doing the obvious move is to just do a reboot and make it theatrical again that's the obvious move of course that's what everybody wants to do with especially when their shit goes straight to dvd you want to start getting that mainstream acclaim again you want to get theatrical money you want to get them box office numbers up so you can relaunch the franchise but i don't think people saw a hellraiser tv show in the cards maybe some of them did but not a lot of people um i sure didn't but i'm like i said i'm not i'm not totally against it because there's a lot more things you can stretch out and it can be, I don't really want to use this word when it comes to a Hellraiser property, but it could be a lot more structured, basically. You know, you you can have a better lay of the land of what's going on. And if you don't know what's going on and you just jump into it, you can catch up on the, you know, you can be like, oh, well, I just missed two episodes. Let me go back, see what I missed, and then go into this. Because the series really has no fucking continuity whatsoever. The first two movies, the first three movies, yeah, and maybe Hellraiser Bloodline, but after that, I don't think any of these movies have any continuity whatsoever, um, you know, characters disappear, characters don't, you know, you don't know what happens to them, so with a TV show, you have a lot more, um, you have a lot more uh, leniency, you have a lot more uh, uh, leisure is the word I think I want to use, Basically, the TV show, it is in your favor because you have multiple chances to get this thing right. Now, David Bruckner, on the other hand, with this, uh, what I think is going to be this theatrical release of the reboot or whatever the hell it's going to be. This is like definitely way more hit or miss than a TV show idea, because if they pump money into another theatrical Hellraiser and this shit does not do good, they're going to be calling David Bruckner into that office like, yo, man, let me holler at you real quick. Um we know what you tried to do it didn't work and now you know dimension films or whoever got the rights now they looking at us crazy now i don't even matter of fact it's not even going to be dimension films because that weinstein shit jumped off so i think it's just going to be miramax i can't remember i should have did my you know my research a little better i can't remember the the, the studio that picks that picked them up i want to say spyglass the same people that are behind the scream reboot or sequel or shriekwell whatever the fuck it's called i don't know but um you know, if, if, if that Hellraiser uh, reboot flops, then that's definitely going to be a couple steps backwards. So I think the pressure is definitely on David Gordon Green and Michael Doherty to get this TV show popping, to make the best pilot episode they possibly can, and then to carry on after that. Because um, I'm pretty sure the way it works, you know, the way it works is the pilot episode basically is, yo, if this is good, we're going to continue to show this. We're going to pump more money into this. But if it's bad fuck that all you all you're getting is this one episode that'll just be floating around we're not even going to see the rest of the series uh but hopefully that doesn't happen man i'm actually more i'm looking more i'm looking forward to the tv show more than i am the actual theatrical movie um strangely enough man because i'm one of those people i don't like to get into too many tv shows i feel like certain um tv shows based off movies don't work they don't work at all half the time, but 
uh, is something about Hellraiser I think can work in its favor. I, I, I really do. I really do, man. And, and I hope it works, man, because I, I have grown to really like David Gordon Green, man. I, I watch a lot of his interviews, especially his interviews when he, you know, before Halloween 2018 came out, just to get a grasp of what this guy was about, who he is, and, you know, um, his views on not just the horror genre, but just filmmaking in general and just writing in general. Um, and he seems like a really, uh, you know, a guy that, you, you know, you never really see him sweat, but he seems like a guy that just, you know, he basically knows what he wants. He has a vision. And like I said, simplicity is his thing. Uh, that's one of the reasons why he wanted to just go back to the, the roots of, I guess, what he believed Halloween originally was. And he, he, he did that and people love him for it. I respect him for what he did and, you know, him bringing um, consistency back to the series. I, I definitely respect him for that. Michael Doherty, who, like I said, man, he's an underrated writer, definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves. He should now after, you know, the big, the bigger scale movies he's worked on. I mean, he's always worked on big scale movies. Like I said, he wrote X-Men 2, for God's sake. So, you know, whether people like the, what Fox did with the X-Men, the guy's got Fox X-Men credits under his belt. That shit is historic in my book, and I respect the hell out of it. But, you know, I want to see those two guys win, probably because I'm more familiar with them, Michael Doherty in particular, but I'm more familiar with them. Not that I'm rooting against David Bruckner, but I just feel like um, I feel like the odds are in favor of the TV show more than more than the reboot. But we you know, we'll see what happens, man. I, and another thing that will make or break this series um, is who they cast to play Pinhead. In my opinion, I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, just bring Doug Bradley back. Doug Bradley is getting old, people, and that's not a shot at him. But, you know, it's like Robert England said about playing Freddy Krueger. He doesn't really have, you know, the chops to sit in that chair for hours and hours on end every day while they're shooting this film or where they're shooting this show. You know, he he's not built for that shit anymore man this is not the 80s or early 90s you get what i'm saying now doug bradley i don't know how he feels about it i just like me personally on the outside looking in if i were doug bradley i would say you know like i made my mark in this pro with this property i have been in what seven movies eight movies eight movies i've been in and done appearances and maybe some other stuff you know, my time came and went and I'm appreciative for that. So I'm the type of person, if I was an actor, definitely a character actor like that, who just, you know, broke barriers in the horror genre and just became a historic, iconic figure. I personally would just be like, you know what? It's time to pass the torch on to somebody. Now, what I will say is that if they do pass the torch off to Doug Bradley, if they don't cast this guy, Paul Taylor, um, I feel like they should definitely have Doug Bradley's seal of approval. Like, yo, do you think this guy has got what it takes to take the mantle up for this for this Hellraiser TV show? Like, I do think they should have his seal of approval. I do think they should have Clyde Barker's seal of approval. I'm not sure if they're going that route. That's something I would do personally, like just to show respect and, you know, show them that, you know, we respect this property just as much as you guys did when you were making it. You know, if you guys had never paved the way for people like us to to you know, to step up to the plate and tackle this, then it, it would not, you know, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here doing it. So I would definitely have the OGs bless it. It's kind of like what David Gordon Green did with, um, you know, and Danny McBride did when they, they went and met with John Carpenter of all fucking people. And then when you get the seal of approval for John Carpenter, like this wasn't Halloween, wasn't something they came up to him with 
it wasn't like the fog basically where if i'm not mistaken somebody told me john carpenter just was like all right you know y'all can make y'all can remake the fog just make sure i get my check i put my name on it like and he just had no involvement with it after that and if that was the case it wouldn't fool me at all because it showed in that piece of fucking shit ass remake is one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life one of the worst movies i've ever paid money for one of the worst remakes ever but Halloween, what David Gordon Green and Dan McBride did with 2018 Halloween, you know, that wasn't the case because John Carpenter said, yeah, I'm not only going to put my name on it, I'm going to executive produce it, I'm going to score it, you guys got my approval, I'm going to be on set, everything, man, that's, that's major, so if they can get that same love from like Clyde Barker and, um, you know, Doug Bradley, that'll be thorough, man, I I feel like that'll be so, it'll be such like, it'll be like the ultimate gesture, basically, man, but, um, you know, to say the least, to wrap things up, I definitely hope that the TV show works, man, because if it does, it's another TV show I can get back into. Like, I, I'm one of those, like I said, I'm one of those people I don't like to get attached to TV shows. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with The Walking Dead, The Shy, Atlanta. Um, I forgot the other fucking TV shows I was watching, but I'm cool with my handful of TV shows. I don't like watching this and that and blah, 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 blah. I do have to check out Kingdom and Black Summer, though, but I do hope that they you know uh come up with something epic man because we don't really have a lot of good hard tv shows and um i i i feel like hellraiser people might kind of miss pinhead on screen um he like i said he is somebody i hold up to that standard of someone like like candy man who's you know he's a character He's a character who, uh, you know, he can get by and be creepy and be scary and be intimidating and be vicious just by his dialogue alone. You know, the box doesn't have to do anything. The Cenobites, the Cenobites are basically like his homies standing in the background while he's battle rapping. This motherfucker is just talking your head off, telling you everything he's going to do to you, just verbally, verbally hammering you into the ground, just talking all kinds of shit to you. And the Cenobites are just standing there with their arms crossed and their arms, you, you know, their hands in their leather pockets, just like, yeah. Yeah, you hear what he's saying. Like, Pinhead's a goon, man. He's a G, and he doesn't really have to lift a finger, man. And that's one of the reasons why he is a historic, you know, uh, horror cinema figure, man. One of the reasons why he's getting both a TV show and a theatrical release. So, big shout out to the character of Pinhead, man. I hope it all works out. I hope it all works out. Both the TV show and the movie, man. Honestly, I really do. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say I miss Pinhead. I'll, I'll say that I'm intrigued to see what, what they do with the character. So, you know, that pretty much wraps up, um, all the hell I've raised on this episode. (sighs) I know it was a bad joke, y'all. If y'all want more bad jokes and more episodes of me talking my shit, y'all know where to go. If y'all don't know where to go, y'all can check the podcast out on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public big 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 shout out to anchor i'm on y'all asses too man because I, I i need to like send y'all an email or something like that but we're not gonna jump into that i promise i'm not gonna do it today follow me on facebook and instagram romero tutor follow the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs big shout out to the tutor reviewers the listeners the lovers the supporters love you guys i'm i'm not gonna say how close i am to this ocho this 800 spins right now but i'm very 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 close i'm gonna speak it into existence like i did last time when it happened uh, i will reach the 800 mark within the next two days i'm going to put it out there spoke to the universe the universe is going to speak back to me that's how i rock out but would not be able to even get to the 700 climb or the 600 or make it as far as i did without you guys so i definitely appreciate you guys 
Love you guys. I will support you guys and show the love right back anytime y'all need it, whenever, whatever, like the Shakira song or whatever the hell that song was called. But that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.